say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, guys? This is Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. Super excited to have you and even more excited about who I'm joined with here. I've got Mr. John Bauer. You can find him on Instagram, jbalive underscore, or you can look him up on Facebook at his brand new Bauer Power Fitness Consulting. That's B-A-U-E-R Power Fitness Consulting. John, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Just got done with a chest workout, so it's always a good day. Heck yeah. I was saying earlier, and I'm going to say it again, those are the days where you just feel like the doors need to get out of your way because you're just so pumped up after the workout. Like, move. I'm, I'm, I mean business. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'll try not to constrain you here a little too much in our conversation, but I'm super excited to talk to you today because this is a completely different kind of show than we've ever done before on this channel. And, uh, and to my listeners, I wanted to say, I hope you're so grateful to John for coming on here because he is about to tell us his transformation story. John is actually one of those people who one day decided, man, something's got to change. And he changed himself. And John, you're what, over a hundred pounds down now? Uh, from about my top, I'm at about right about 100 pounds right now. I was at one point, I was about 130 pounds down from my max. Right. Uh, but in the last couple of years, just based on what I've done, I put a little bit of that back on. Yeah, absolutely. One muscle too, right? Yes. So I've, I've yes. seen your deadlift max go from like 250 to 305 or even higher soon, correct? Correct. Well, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that in just a bit. But before you share your transformation story with us, John, help me understand your mild-mannered alter ego. What's <laughs> what's a day in the life of John? I know you're married. You've got three kids kind of bordering on teenagerhood. Tell us who you are. Um, I, am, I live in St. Charles, Missouri, which is just about a half hour outside of St. Louis, Missouri. I have lived here for uh, about 30 years. I got out of law school here in St. Louis and stuck around. And for the last 18 years, I have been part of the prosecutor's office in St. Charles County, and that's a collar county right outside of St. Louis. I am married to my wife, Julie. We just celebrated our 18th anniversary last October. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And we have three children, two of whom are teenagers. Uh, my oldest is Catherine. She is 15, verging on 16 in a couple of months. My middle is Elizabeth, 13, and my youngest is Christopher, who is 11. Wow, you're a man with your hands full. Lots of transition in there in their lives right now. Yes, and it's honestly, I would say, my favorite stage of parenting. It is a great stage just to really start to be able to 
develop uh, relationships with them and have really meaningful conversations about just a huge wide variety of topics. So I love this whole teen tween age and I am very fortunate that even my two teenage girls uh, really we do not have the usual high level of teen drama. So um, things things are good. Things are really good. It's really good to hear from you because as a father with a two and a half year old son, I always hear people say like, wait till he's a teenager. Uh, and I'm like, no, actually, I'm hoping that by the time we get there, we've got this whole relationship thing at least semi figured out and I can get to know him as a human being. Exactly. And and I remember the same thing when my oldest was born, that everybody just would, would automatically say, oh, wait till she's a teenager. It'll just be awful. And that was one of the things that I just decided early on, um, even before really getting into personal development or anything, that I was not going to accept the fact that just because I had a daughter and just because she was going to be a teenager, that it was going to be um, drama and moodiness and, and everything else. And you just, you can't start from that position because you just, I mean, it's almost like dooming yourself. So you got to start from a position of, you know, we're going to do what we can. We're going to make it the best we can. And lo and behold, I've got three kids who really, I love to spend time with me. Um, they don't always acknowledge me when they're with their friends, which is completely normal. <laughs> but um, but uh, car rides from school activities and uh, late night conversations are pretty common uh, between all three of them. So I'm I'm quite fortunate and quite thankful to have uh, the relationships with them at this point that I have. Well, I've been following you on social media, not in a creepy way, in a, in a in admiring way of your your family interactions and stuff. And you're always at some kind of choir practice or somebody's playing basketball, you know, and it's just really cool to see how much fun you're having with your kids. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's hectic and it's it's a real balance of trying to figure out, you know, how much stuff do we let them do uh, versus just letting them find their passions. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said at some level of letting your kids explore and find passions, even to a point that it's inconvenient for you. Because if, if you live your life with your family in a way that's convenient for you, whether it's parenting or marriage or community involvement, um, you're not going to get far and you've got to be willing to go a little bit beyond what's comfortable and what's convenient. Mm. Well said. I couldn't argue with that. Now, before we get to your transformation story, I also wanted to highlight you're a man of faith as well. You actually volunteer in your church. Can you tell me a bit about how you're giving back to your community in that capacity? Yeah, I've been involved uh, with my church. I've been going to the same church for 25 years this year, actually. I was just thinking about that the other day, that it's been 25 years. And I have been involved and am involved at all different levels. I have done choir. I have taught Bible school. I have, I, I actually right now, um, teach our fifth and sixth grade boys Sunday school. And I'm also involved on the leadership, uh, as an elder in my church. So I've, I've been involved at all different levels. And it's, it's the same thing that, you know, when you feel called to do something, uh, called to be involved in a certain way. It doesn't mean it's convenient. It just means that you realize you've got gifts or abilities to do those things. And you just, you step out of the convenient factor and, and, and serve. 
I am so excited now to hear about your transformation because in trying to picture you with all of this surrounding community and your family and stuff, I can't even imagine thinking back to a time when you were really out of shape and not in control of your own eating and exercise regimen, knowing who I know you to be now and imagining just the amazing amount of change that's probably gone through your community and your kids. So let's dive into your transformation story, John. How long ago was it that you realized something had to change? And what was the straw that broke the camel's back? Well, when I got married 18 years ago, I was somewhere between 335 and 350 pounds. I had always been a heavy kid. I was not a kid or a young adult that was interested in athletics. And eating was probably, uh, probably, you know, glossed over or helped gloss over a lot of pain and struggles and, and, and different things in my life. So eating was, eating was a big thing. I come from a farm community. Uh, we eat big meals three times a day. We don't, we don't snack. We, we have full meals with meat, potatoes, vegetables, and, and often dessert. And you just, you, you develop those habits from, from the very early age. And, and I just kept them, but I was 335, 350 pounds when I got married. And I think that the, really the first time that I can peg that I realized there was a, or a change that needed to be made. I have this memory in my head of a picture that I was in with my oldest daughter when she was a baby. And I remember the picture of me holding her on my chest and me looking at that picture and realizing how small she was and how, I mean, just to be rude, how huge I was, how big I was. And I think that was really the point in time when I realized that something had to change, um, that I just knew that I could not keep going. I was, I was in my early 30s, my mid 30s. And I just knew that I couldn't keep going at that pace and really not doing anything. So to begin with what I did, um, not being that athletic and not being that interested in, in activity, I started with diet. And the first thing that I did was I dug into the Weight Watcher system and I uh, got into that and, and I committed to it pretty, pretty seriously for about a year and a half. And in that, and how long ago was this? Just for this was about two, 2002. So about okay. 15, about 15, 16 years ago. Okay. Um, Started with Weight Watchers. Got it. Right. And for about a year and a half, about 18 months, I was very committed to it. And I dove in, um, I, I bought into the system and the system really worked. Uh, in that 18 months, I went from about 330 pounds down to about 250. So I lost about 80 pounds. Wow. And I started to get a little bit interested in some activity. I started my early morning routine of activity. Uh, I would go out and go for a, and at this point I would refer to it as a jog or a, not a run, but a jog. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I got into that habit. And so there was a little bit of a routine there. Um, but it was still, uh, after we, after I got through that uh, 18 months, we, got pregnant with our second and our second, our Elizabeth was a much more difficult sleeping child. And we went for probably about four months 
really struggling with sleeping with her. And we also had some sleeping issues with, with Catherine at that time. And you can probably relate very closely to the fact of when you don't get a good night's sleep, it is so hard to stay on any type of a routine. And yes. the routine, both the diet and the exercise really started to fall apart. And I put a little bit back on. And so for the next few years, probably for the next three or four years, I bounced around anywhere from about 250 to 280. I tried various diets because the, the Weight Watchers thing was really hard to keep going on. Uh, I tried no carb. That was back when no carb diets were really, really popular. Mm. And the, it was successful as long as I stuck on it. I would lose 20 or 30 pounds. But then as soon as I would get off of that diet, um, you know, the, the weight would come right back on. And so I bounced around a lot uh, in the later 2000s, from about 2005 to 2009, 2010. So the idea yeah. of getting back on the horse and then falling off the wagon is pretty, it, it resonates with where you were at, right? Very, very much so. And, and as I look back, on that period of time, I really realized that probably the reason that I wasn't able to quote unquote stay on the horse was I didn't have the mental mindset adjustment that I needed. I tried to do the physical work and for a while I would succeed. But when you don't have constant success, you get discouraged very easily and you feel like you're failing and that, that gets very cyclical and you go back to back to the struggle. And so that was, that was probably, um, the biggest thing is, as I look back on that whole thing of, of trying to do a physical transformation without any mental, uh, transformation. But as about 2010, 2011 rolled around, I was still doing some activity. I'd actually gotten involved in a boot camp at a local rec center. I'd been invited to do it. And this was really the first time that I was doing exercise in a group setting. And for anyone who knows me, <laughs> and this is, I, I laugh because it's pretty obvious, but for anyone who knows me, I am highly extroverted and highly relational. And there was something about that boot camp because it was a group of people that made it the most fun thing I had ever done. There was about 15 of us. We became good friends. We, we met up with each other three days a week at five o'clock in the morning. And we had two really good boot camp leaders who really were a fun group. We really got along. We had a lot of fun. And Would so you say I say that that was the first time that you'd really experienced a lot of enjoyment in your workouts or would I be inaccurate to say that? No, you would be absolutely. That's absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. Um, it was, it was really the first time that I would look forward to doing something. It was really the first time that I felt encouraged when I was doing something. And yeah, I mean, there's no question. It was, it was the first time that I really, um, look forward to it. Well, and for the first, like your initial stages in life, when you think of athleticism from a 330 pound, 350 pound level, you could probably express this better than I can, but that's just not fun. You're carrying no. around a hundred extra pounds all the time. And then you go to the gym and hang out with a bunch of people who look like they know what they're doing. Like that's just horribly demotivating. Right. And it, and it goes back even further than just the gym. I mean, it goes back to high school. And I mean, we all know 
how incredibly brutal people can be to people who aren't athletic in high school. I mean, that's like the worst time in your life not to be athletic is in high school because, I mean, you're just literally dreading every minute that you're in the gym locker getting ready for gym class and you're dreading every minute of gym class because you know you suck at whatever you're, whatever you're playing. And, you know, it just, it's not fun and there's no one there encouraging you. And so it really was this whole thing of the people who were there and were leading it and were, um, were healthy, were encouraging all of us at whatever level we were at. It wasn't this competition. It was a group setting that was fun. We engaged with each other. There was a ton of laughter. And that just, I mean, that just makes it so much more enjoyable. Um, and the other thing that really played into it when I started there was the fact that they took the time to start to talk to us about diet. And this was about the time that things like MyFitnessPal were really starting to be able to be used. And they introduced me to the idea of MyFitnessPal, tracking everything, tracking calories. Um, the macros obviously came a little bit later, but it was the first time that I really understood that it was not only the calories that counted, it was what was in the calories that counted. And so that started to make it a little bit more of a shift and not so much this diet mentality that I had been going through all of my life, that you had to deny yourself something. It was simply eating healthier, not dieting. Exactly. Or the, I say this pretty often on the show, but the idea that quality of the food that you put in your body has a very significant effect on your metabolism, even more so sometimes than quantity. So it's not about like the restriction and, and accurate calorie counting. If you're eating spinach, eat spinach till you're sick of spinach. You can't really screw that over, right? Right. And just also the idea of not feeling like every single thing you had to have was healthy. I mean, just getting, I mean, to now what we call like the 80-20 rule, but understanding that if you were focusing on healthy eating a large percentage of the time, that you could have something you liked as long as you controlled it and it didn't control you. And it was kind of at this point really that I started to kind of get this concept. And, and I told this to, to one of our, to one of our pastors once. And it was kind of weird because one night he actually used this as an example in a sermon and he didn't tell me, but I told him that my mind was starting to go from living to eat to eating to live. And that was a huge shift. There's, it's a totally different perspective if you look at it from, you know, eating to live instead of living to eat. And that mentality started to happen as I started to look and see if I eat mostly healthy, if I, you know, have something bad every once in a while, it's not that big of a deal. And combining those understandings with the idea that finally, um, exercise was getting interesting and enjoyable. Um, and I was starting to really kind of challenge myself with what I was doing. I was starting to not just look so much at, oh my gosh, I can't do this. But the, the mindset was starting slowly to shift of what can I do? And so as I got into the boot camp, I started to really kind of experiment a little bit more with training uh, by myself. And actually, I had a friend of mine approach me and asked me if I wanted to get a join a group that was going to do a 5K. And so it was 2011 
that I started training for my first 5K run. And it was with a group. Um, I did some running on my own, but I did some with a group. And it was just, I, I, I enjoyed it. And it was, it was somehow it was different than it was even a few years before when I'd just been jogging early in the morning. There was something to start working towards. And, you know, starting to look at and feeling like I could accomplish a race and do it in a decent time. It, it, it again, it was just, it was a mind shift thinking about what I could do next and what new thing could I accomplish. And so I was doing the boot camp. I was actually starting to take a little bit of initiative and go into the gym and weight train on my own a little bit. And also I was running. Then unfortunately I hit a little bit of a rut in the road. I had some back injuries and I ended up going to uh, a chiropractor and he sent me to a different gym that for about six months in 2012, I focused on strengthening my glutes and my core. Uh, I had come across these back injuries even when I was doing things like bicep curls, and I knew that was not normal. And he diagnosed me basically with the weak glutes and the weak core, and he hooked me up with this gym where I started for the first time working one-on-one with a trainer. And that, again, was a huge switch in my mind to work with a trainer and really start to see um, the improvement in just my ability because I was correcting um, my weaknesses. So I don't want to interrupt your story in the least, but I want to highlight some things that are very common in so many people's stories that I think is just so powerful that you brought them up. The first is it seems to me like a turning point in your own personal health and fitness journey was when you connected with a group of people who one, you had fun with and enjoyed being around. And then two, so you didn't feel like you were all alone in the journey, which is actually a very common feeling among people who have struggled with not just weight, but let the pain, uh, movement pattern imbalances, just the, the, all around feeling of not being happy with your body. It feels like a very lonely place. And so being connected to that social support system is just amazingly important. And then the second thing you said is that you started to feel it become not easier necessarily, but, but more like you were getting better at it. You were progressing because of the practice that you were putting into it. And that's the thing about exercise is if you can connect to a social support system and do it for a little while, it doesn't suck so bad <laughs> eventually. <Right>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. The other rut in the road that, that you just described was like so many people, especially if they have lost a considerable amount of weight in their life. When you start losing weight, you start taking away some of the cushion that your body's used to having. And so the things that were underlyingly wrong in your, your muscles ability to support your spine, for instance, or support your joints, that stuff starts to show. Now, if you do it right, that can be a really good place to springboard into, which I'm excited to talk about where you're at now because you're such a beast, dude. If you can get through that period and get some help and have somebody help you strengthen those things to keep yourself from getting injured again, that's a huge, huge turning point again in the weight loss journey. So it sounds like you've been through those those three big things, the social support system, the the feeling, oh my gosh, exercise doesn't suck so bad. That's nice. You stuck with it long enough to get there. And then the, oh man, I hurt myself, but if I get some help 
this doesn't have to be the end of it for me. Right. And, and the injury thing, I mean, I, I was very fortunate because I found, um, a really good chiropractor who was connected with a really good gym with a bunch of personal trainers. And that was just a huge, amazing connection to make. Uh, and I mean, I went and I spent six months doing a lot of, of exercises that really were focused on just strengthening the glutes and strengthening the core. Uh, but little by little, as they improved, the trainer that I was working with was really good. And he started, you know, letting me do more just basic lifting. And all of a sudden, you know, at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, all of a sudden, I was just like, this is fun. And I was literally just hooked. I was literally just completely hooked. And I knew that I had found something. I mean, I enjoyed the cardio. I enjoyed the running. But the weightlifting, I mean, I really found just real challenge. And I mean, you know, we're guys. Guys love to lift heavy stuff. There's there's no question. And it's it's really that simple. Um, and exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you, and you walk away from those heavy lifts, you know, just feeling totally jacked up. And there's no, there's no other way to talk about it. I mean, we talk about it a lot of other ways, but let's be honest. That's what, um, that's one of the reasons that guys love to go to the gym is they get to lift heavy stuff. They get to drop heavy stuff and they get to walk out the door feeling like the biggest beast in the room. And there's, and there's nothing, there's nothing like that on any level. Uh, so that was really a big enjoyment. And in 2013, then the trainer I had really started pushing me and I just kept going and kept going. Um, but it was really weird because as I was putting on muscle, I really wasn't losing weight. And about this time I was still about 275 or 270. And I was, I was still at the point where the number on the scale meant a big deal. And so I started to talk with um, my trainer, who was actually a big advocate of a really good nutrition. And it's really funny because every year in my Facebook feed, this memory pops up. And my trainer and I would always talk that that was like the time that my mind shifted. And it was on July 2nd, I put a post on my Facebook feed Give me healthy alternatives to potato chips because savory snacks at night are my kryptonite. And I knew that that was something that I had to get rid of if I wanted to lose weight. And so it's kind of funny every year that pops up on my, on my, on this day feed in, in my Facebook. And I, I always get a chuckle of it because I know that that was really a mental turning point. And so that was in the beginning of July that it actually happened. And I sat down and I talked with my trainer and he challenged me in a really different way that I think was so powerful. He said, I want you to do something for six weeks. He goes, I don't want you to think about this as a complete life change. He said, for six weeks, I want you to do three things. He goes, I really want you to think about eating clean 80 to 85% of the time. I really want you to commit to giving up any snacking after dinner. And the third thing, and this was my biggest vice up to this point, he said, I really want you to commit to cutting back on diet soda. I was a huge Coke Zero fan. 
And when I say huge Coke Zero, I am not lying. I would literally go through a two liter probably about every two to three days. So Coke Zero was a huge deal. And I said, sure, that's it. And so I committed to those things for six weeks. And honestly, by about 10 days after I had committed to those things, I knew it had changed. And I knew that it was going to go beyond six weeks. I literally gave up cold turkey, all soda products. I literally gave it up cold turkey. And so I quit that stuff. I committed to healthy eating. Um, I quit, you know, fast food. I would, I would find alternatives if, if we would run the kids to fast food. Um, we really revamped a lot of the cooking that we did at home. And in, from July to December of 2013, while I was really doing some serious hypertrophy lifting, I lost 60 pounds in six months. I was literally dropping 10 pounds a month. Wow. Yeah. Well, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Building muscle, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I got down at the end of 2013... I was 208 pounds and I was, I was lean and I was totally stoked and I was really excited. I was lifting like nobody's business, but I got to this point and I started to realize I couldn't lift weight or I couldn't lose weight forever. There was going to come a point that I wasn't going to be able to lose any more weight. And I kind of felt a little bit concerned because I felt like I needed something to work towards or some goal to have to keep the momentum going. Yeah, there's and, actually a really prominent physique competitor, which I mean, I'm not really huge into the sport necessarily, but one of the things he said was the worst thing you can possibly do is reach your goal. Like for yeah. some people, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. And now I'm here. Now what? And I have no direction yeah. because, yeah. you know, constantly being able to work towards something keeps you consistent. But when, right. it, when you hit that point, it's like, oh, now what? Right. So what did you decide on? So I, I started looking around. I was, I was running a little bit at that point. And I was, besides the lifting I was doing at the gym with the trainer, I had a friend of mine that I was lifting with. And he said to me one day, he goes, you know what you ought to do? He goes, you ought to try a triathlon. And I was like, well, I go, that would be interesting because I don't have a bike. I haven't ridden a bike since college. I had been swimming. Swimming was something I had always done. Even as a heavy guy, I always could go swimming and I was comfortable swimming, uh, for, for longer periods of time. So I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out a way. And another friend of mine loaned me a hybrid bike and he loaned me his pair of bike shoes. We happened to both be size 13 and I got on that bike in March of 2014 and it was like I was 10 years old again and I was in love with cycling immediately. And so while I'm still lifting, I started to train for my first triathlon in 2014 and I did my first 
triathlon in June on Father's Day of 2014. And a couple of weeks before uh, the triathlon, I told my wife, I said, you know, I really think I want to buy a bike. And my wife looked at me and she goes, well, she goes, I was going to buy you an iPad for Father's Day. She goes, but do you want an iPad or do you want a bike? And I looked at her and without hesitation, I said, I want a new bike. Bike. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that really shocked her. And I think it kind of shocked me that it, that it happened, that I said it so quickly. Um, but I really knew that that, that was, that was a, a huge mental shift again. So I got into triathlons in 2014 and I did three shorter distance triathlons that summer. And there is a huge endurance athlete community here in St. Louis. And I got connected with a lot of them and a lot of them very quickly uh, started talking to me about longer distance triathlons. And when I say longer distance, I mean half Ironmans and Ironman distances. And I decided that I wasn't getting any younger. And so I decided that in 2016, I was going to do a half Ironman. And I actually signed up for two in one year. And I decided that because of the fact I was uh, a little bit on the older side, I was 47 by the time I was starting this venture, that I wanted to find a coach and someone who could help me train smart so that I wasn't injured. And also because of the fact I have a lot going on in my life besides all of this, a coach who would help me train smart to the point that if I needed to only put in 10 or 12 hours a week, I was putting in 10 or 12 and not 15. And so I hired a coach and in 2016, I did two half Ironman triathlons. And I can honestly say that the day that I did um, my first Ironman or my first half Ironman in July of 2016 in Racine, Wisconsin, literally top 10 life day. Um, I can remember the excitement and the happiness and the accomplishment that I experienced coming across that finish line. Nothing like it. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, it was really one of the best days of my life. That's so cool. It's There's something about accomplishing something that so many of of your life years have been poured into culminating in this moment, you know, like, cause it's not just, I trained for a half Ironman. It's like, like watching you cross the finish line. I would never have known all of the baggage that you brought across the line too, you know, yeah, that, that you were able to carry that load and overcome all the obstacles that you'd faced. And, and here you are crossing the line. It's such a powerful thing when it comes to exercise. And that's, and that's what Ironmans and, and half Ironmans, I mean, there's a ton of those very powerful stories. I mean, people who have suffered from cancer, people who have been overweight, um, just all, you know, addictions. I mean, the, the stories, uh, that go with Ironman and half Ironman finishers are amazing. And so it was really, yeah, it was really something to cross that line and, you know, to really be reflecting on where I had come from. And it's funny because so many people have commented on that, you know, when they look at pictures of me completing that race or 
another race, they look and they're like, how can you be smiling so much when you've just gone through? I mean, for me, it was six and a half hours of, of just constant output. That's how can you time. be smiling so much? And it really, I give a lot of credit to the coach that I had. He was a, he's a great guy. Um, and he just, he had this mantra that he really, um, challenged me to keep in my head. And it was very simple. It was go, execute, smile. Just realizing that if you're doing something and you're not enjoying it, there is really very little purpose in doing it. Because I knew going into that, I wasn't competing for a top spot. I wasn't competing for placement. I was doing it because I never thought 12 months before that, that I would be doing something like that. And if it was not something that I enjoyed, there was really no purpose in doing it. And, and that's so key for any kind of exercise. Um, and it's something that I've learned a lot in my studies, you know, recently, but I mean, all through life, you have got to find something you enjoy. And this is a great lesson I've tried to pass on to my kids. I would love for them to run with me. I would love for them to cycle with me. But if they don't enjoy it, I am not going to push them to do it. Because I want them to find something like that that they enjoy and that they're passionate about and that hopefully they will be adults and still love to do. And and that is just such an important part of of any type of exercise, any type of fitness is, is finding that enjoyment. Man, I feel like we could dig into your story and, and extrapolate so many truths about fitness, but in being respectful of your time in helping people really understand the, the full picture of this transformation, can you tell me a little bit about how your 100-pound weight loss, subsequent muscle gain, and then getting into triathlons, and I know you have a few other things in the in the works right now, can you tell me about how... Julie, your wife, and your children have responded to this and how it's impacted you as a father and a husband. I think as far as impacting me, I think it just makes me more confident. It makes me feel more present. Um, I'm a morning exercise person. I'm a very early morning exercise person. And there is no better way to start my day than to do that and I can walk back in the door at six o'clock or six fifteen in the morning, and I'm fully present, and I'm f- I'm I'm feeling good, I'm feeling alive, I'm feeling energetic, and I can convey that right out into whatever I'm doing, whether it's my family, whether it's my work, whether it's my you know community service. Um, it just it 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 goes right into it. Um, it's been a very interesting road and it's, it's not always been a smooth road as far as, um, with my wife, with Julie. Um, it's been hard for her because we've had the conversation multiple times. She has looked at me and she has said straight in my eyes, you are not the man that I married. And she means that in a very good way, but it's absolutely true in every facet of who I am. I am not physically the man she married. I am not mentally the man she married. It's it's taken a lot of adjustment. I I joke, but I think she would completely agree. 
she's probably had a really bad case of a long-term whiplash trying to figure out who's who's in the house with her because again i'm just not the same guy um as far as parenting though i think it has uh i think it has made me again more present and i think honestly it has just made me feel so much younger i do not in any way shape or form feel the 50 years that i am and 50 was a huge, exciting deal for me to celebrate because I, I know it's a big marker and I look around and there are people who are 50 and they are a, at a lot different point in their lives than I am. Um, you know, we kind of joke, but, but there are people that I know that are 50 or 55 and they've probably got looking at one foot in the grave. There are some though that I know that, that are just as vibrant. I have a friend of mine who's a couple years older, who's a cyclist, who could cycle rings around me any day of the week. Uh, but it's just, you know, I mean, when you get to 50 or, or in your early fifties, um, it's, it's a big deal. And it, it is great to be at this stage and feel more present. And more able to engage with my kids, more able to be active with my kids. I love to be at my kids' activities. I love to play basketball with my son. Um, all of those things are just things that, that I could not be, do if I were the same guy I was 18 years ago. And my kids are not as, you know, focused on the whiplash idea because they're still young enough that they don't remember a lot of what I was like before. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's not that hard for them to get used to. Uh, we've never had the conversation how they feel in compared to like their friends' dads or anything like that. But I mean, you know, just, just a couple of days ago, I came back from, wait, 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 uh, wait. And, I don't want to interrupt your story, but oh, I can hear okay. it on the playground. My dad can deadlift more than your dad. <laughs> 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 sorry, it just, just popped into my head. There it is. Sorry, yeah, so a, yeah. a couple of days ago, you came yeah. in the door. My I was just going to say, yeah, no, a couple of days ago, I, I went with, with Christopher, my 11-year-old, and um, we went on an overnight field trip. And, you know, it's, it's fun to go on those things because I went out and I played zombie tag with a bunch of 11-year-old boys. And I went on a two-hour hike with a bunch of 11-year-old kids. And it's just, you know, it is fun to do those kind of things and develop those relationships and really encourage those kids to grow and, and to challenge themselves. And I think that the physical fitness that I have helps me do that. Absolutely. Well, and there's a certain aspect, especially in boys. I, I might be able to say the same thing about girls in a different respect, but I I have no experience with that, so I'm just going to shut my mouth. But with boys, there's a certain level of shaking the horns at the old man, so to speak, to, to test your own budding manhood, you know, and having a father figure, especially if it's your biological father, but even if, if you're a man who is mentoring other boys as well, the physical aspect of being able to go on a hike and 
show those boys how you carry a heavy bag up a big hill and then you're encouraging them. They're like, crap, man, this guy, he doesn't stop. Like, that's a man, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and playing tag and whatnot. Like there, yeah. there's a certain amount of, of manhood required in the, uh, the physical aspect of, of mentorship to really spur that out of a boy. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's a lot of fun and it's, it's enjoyable and it's, it's a challenge. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no question that it, it, that my fitness allows me to be so much more engaged, um, with all my kids. And of course it's, it's great when you have two teenage daughters and you can deadlift because then, um, their future boyfriends and beaus may, may eventually see pictures of, <laughs> of their dad deadlifting and, and, and approach, approach those girls appropriately. That's right. So. All the kids are on Instagram now. I, I'm looking at your very first Instagram picture. There's 305 pounds on your sixth rep. Like you better have my daughter home by 11. Exactly. <laughs> I will drop this on your face. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> oh God, help my future daughter. Anyway, so let's, let's talk about what now. So you've gone through an amazing journey and I'm, I'm so so proud to have you on the show and talk to us about where you've been in your life. I know it's going to help so many people to hear your story and hear that they're not alone in those struggles, but I'm, I'm also just super stoked about where this has brought you in your life right now. Can you tell me about what's happening in John Bauer's life in this moment that fitness has brought him to? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's brought me to a point where, um, even, uh, being a lawyer by day, um, fitness has really taken a priority for me. Um, it's a passion. It's something that in the, uh, in the online communities that I'm a part of, and, and I'm a part of a couple really good ones. Um, and, and we're both actually in both of them. Uh, Chris Hughes, who's a common friend of ours, has a great, uh, online, uh, group called The Driven Dad on Facebook. And, uh, Larry Hagner, who's, who's an incredible guy, who's, who's done an amazing job putting together this worldwide community. Um, the Dad's Edge Alliance through his podcast, The Good Dad Project. Um, you know, we're, we're both part of these communities and, you know, not only the physical part, but, but getting in a community with a bunch of men who all are just challenging each other and encouraging each other just to be better, um, on every front really has kind of pushed me to kind of dream and to kind of, um, you know, think outside the box a little bit. And, you know, here I am, I've, for 50 years, I've, I've been, you know, basically this, this lawyer for, for most of my life. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm working with Chris Hughes out of Driven Dad. And we start to have these conversations last fall. And lo and behold, the conversations start centering around what would it look like if I, for, you know, for fun or for a side job or, or something like that, got certified as a personal trainer. And, you know, it's one of those things where not enough people in the world, I think, dream. And so Chris and I talked about it and I talked about it with a couple other people. And so right at the end of the year, right at the beginning of this year, I took the plunge and I decided to get certified as a personal trainer. And after having worked with Chris um, in an online capacity, and I still work with Chris, he's, he's a great uh, guy, super motivating, super powerful guy. Uh, just challenging and encouraging. Um, I decided to kind of do the same thing. And so I am in the process of getting started with my own, uh, online training and with, uh, the, uh, ideas and brainchild of, of a lot of these great guys in, in the Dad's Edge Alliance. 
uh, Bauer Power uh, Fitness Consulting has been born. And I am in the process of working with uh, three gentlemen right now, and they are starting on their fitness journey. They're each in very different places, and it's exciting to talk with them and find out what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. And it's just, it's really cool to now not only have this knowledge in my head for myself, but to start to pour it out into others and to start encouraging others uh, and just, and really just showing that, you know what, there's nothing special about me that isn't special about somebody else. And anybody can do this. And anybody at any age can do this. We get so wrapped up in the idea that to get healthy and get fit, you have to be in your twenties or in your thirties. And I didn't even start until I was halfway through my thirties. And here I am at 50, uh, in better shape than I was at 40. And so, uh, I've got three guys that I'm working with right now, uh, running anywhere from their forties to actually, I believe one is, is close to 60 and they just have the same, you know, desire to, to get in better shape and stay in better shape for their families. And they're active guys and they, they run, they hike, they do all sorts of different things. Um, and it's absolutely, it's absolutely exciting to be to the point where I can use the knowledge and my experience to turn it around and, and hopefully, um, help others with the same experience. So I, I'm really excited about it. Well, it's come in amazing full circle in a way that you couldn't it have, has. It, no. you couldn't have imagined 12 years ago. Like, no, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. I'm going to gain <sighs> some muscle. I'm going to, I'm going to go half Ironman and then I'm going to get certified as a personal trainer and help guys from all over the nation do what I did in their own way. Like, poof, that's like a mind blowing yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, you talk about it years ago. I mean, I, I would not have even imagined this. A year ago. I mean, this is, it's just, it, it's, it's, and again, it's not only a physical thing. It is a mental thing. It is, it is having the desire and the passion to dream about doing something and just, you know what, just saying, let's see what happens and not, not being so worried about the exact details of something, but just kind of let's see where, where this all takes you and enjoying the journey. It's, it's, it's hard for me to do that sometimes, but to enjoy the journey and, and savor it along the way. So I want to talk to the listeners for a second because I've been holding this in for like <laughs> 50 minutes talking to you and I'm about to explode. So now that, <laughs> now that we've all gotten a chance to, to get to know where you're at and where you've come to be here and what's on the horizon for you, I want to say to everybody who's listening, John has graciously agreed to come on and partner with the Defining Dad Bod Show to help me bring transformation stories to you of everyday dads who have made the change, who have lost weight, gotten out of pain, gotten out of addiction, and share their stories with you. Uh, John, I'm super excited to announce to everybody that you're going to be my co-host bringing monthly transformation stories to us. And I'm just so jacked up about it. I can't even hold it in. 
Uh, are you as excited as I am? That's the question. Alex, Alex, I'm thrilled. And, you know, honestly, I mean, this is just another thing. I mean, this is like two months ago. If somebody would have told me, you're going to start talking to this guy from Colorado Springs, and this guy from Colorado Springs is going to get all excited about having you be a regular contributor to his podcast. I'm, I mean, after we get done talking, I'm probably going to go downstairs and help unload the dishwasher. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, life is going to go on, but I mean, it's, 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 it's really, I mean, it's kind of like my secret identity and it's, it's so, fun. I mean, I'm absolutely thrilled. I mean, I've gotten to know you over the past couple of months and especially the last few weeks. Um, we've gotten to know each other and become good friends. We've just connected so well and found out that we've just got so many things in common. And, you know, I, I can't imagine many other people that I would be more stoked to work with. I mean, we've just got so much in common and have had so many awesome conversations about where you have the vision uh for for this all to go and yeah i mean i'm i'm completely it's it's so weird to think about and so exciting and we've got a list of people already and i'm just i'm i'm thrilled and and honored and i mean seriously it's not about me being giving you the honor it is about you giving me the honor to um to get on the the internet airways and and share these stories because they're great and I think everyone is is so exciting to hear because yeah there's so many difficulties and challenges that people have come come through. Yeah, absolutely. And man, I I, I want to say to everybody just so you understand how this is going to work. What's going to happen is John's going to interview our success stories live. And I say our as in we're going to share them. We're not responsible for them. These men have done the work and we want to honor them. We want to highlight their stories. We want their stories to inspire and equip other people to make the jump for themselves to leave a legacy of health and fitness for their kids. And so he's going to interview them live on Facebook. You're welcome to catch it there at the Defining Dad Bod Facebook page. But we're also going to compile those stories each month into a podcast episode so you can catch it right Right here, just as you're listening to us, and it's going to be an amazing undertaking. I'm so excited, John, that you're going to be the man to uh, interview our people. I'm I'm thrilled, and I can't wait. I can't wait to hear these stories because I know that I hear I've heard a few stories, and I've talked with people that I've that I've encountered in in the groups that we've talked about, and. As much as I've accomplished, it doesn't matter. I mean, you hear one of these stories and you're just like, I mean, you walk away and your chin just drops on the floor. I mean, they're just absolutely fantastic, every one of them. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and they're real life, man. It's not like yes. celebrity, like they yeah. moved me to fat camp and I got to hang out yeah. for a year no. and look how much weight I lost. Like these are guys who have little kids and a wife and a job and, and you know, woke up one morning and was like, dude, something has to change. I'm going to change it now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I'm so excited about this. So, John, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Again, you can catch John on his Instagram, and he actually changed it on me. So, uh, it's J underscore. I'm glad you found it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was creeping on your picture here just to see what your your daughter's future boyfriend might need to see. Uh, but it's it's <laughs> J underscore Bauer Power. That's J underscore B A U E R P O W E R, and that's on Instagram. And then you can also catch his Bauer. Power Fitness Consulting page on Facebook, which I know is under construction, but is going to be published by the time this podcast gets out in the world, correct? 
Correct. Fantastic. John, I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear more from you. And I would like to see if you have any last words for us before we call it a day. Um, the thing I would just say to anybody who's listening is, you know, all of these stories will sound exciting. And I hope that what people take from these stories is the fact that anyone can do it and anyone at all can make the adjustments and the changes physically, the adjustments and the changes mentally, um, that they need. It's, it's really not. I mean, as, as fantastic and as special as they are, again, every one of the stories that we're going to hear are going to be from average everyday people. And we want to make sure that people know that because what we want to do is we want to just encourage people, um, you know, to do it themselves. And I obviously, I mean, in, in my position, I am excited to, uh, you know, to help people if people want, uh, want, you know, information or, or guidance or anything like that, you know, I certainly want to encourage them to reach out to me. I'm, I'm glad to do what I can do. Uh, I got to keep limits. So my family stays first, but, um, I'm certainly excited to, uh, to help people if, if they are, if they're interested in getting some help and some encouragement, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. I think both you and I agree, Alex, that what we want to do is just really provide resources and encouragement and inspiration for anybody who wants to do this stuff. You got it. And when we think about our kids growing up, we want them to grow up with a legacy of health and fitness, and we want them to live in a world where other kids have gotten to experience the same thing. So in my world, the more people we can help out with this show and with these stories, the the better off we're, we're doing for ourselves. Exactly. So my man, this has been Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod, joined with my co-host John Bauer, excited to let you guys get to know him a little bit better through his interviews and transformation stories going forward. John, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Hey man, thank you for having me and thank you for allowing me to be a part of this journey. It's it's going to be incredible. You got it, brother. Take care. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.